powerful and fitting anthem for our great God. If you could please turn in your Bible or your Bible app to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We have started a new sermon series called You Are Not Your Own. Last week we saw that we do not belong to ourselves, but that we belong to God, as the Heidelberg Catechism Question 1 says so well. And this week, I want us to think together about what it means that God owns our bodies. He owns our physical bodies. How often do we think about what our bodies have to do with our faith? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, this is the word of God. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Four points this morning. Your body is a temple. Neglecting your body, worshiping your body, and stewarding your body. And let us ask the Lord now for his blessing upon the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, it all belongs to you including these earthly bodies that we possess, that we live our lives in. We pray that you would speak a word to each person here and on the live stream today. A word from you about how we can glorify you with our bodies. We pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus did not come to save your soul. Jesus did not come to save your soul only. I know we say that. We say language like that. We say Jesus has come. He's come to die. He's come to win souls. We talk about winning souls for Christ. Of course, that's true, but it's incomplete. Because Jesus came to save your whole person, body and soul. And for 2,000 years, the Christian church has wrestled with understanding how to think about the body. For 2,000 years, in different ways and at different times. Let's talk about the Corinthians for a minute, who Paul wrote to. The Corinthians were... Uh, Corinth, by the way, it was a happening place. It was a town on the rise. It had a lot of money. The Corinthians, from everything we know about Corinth, were successful, wealthy, talented, gifted people. In fact, we know they're gifted because if you read 1 Corinthians, they've got all the spiritual gifts. They can speak in tongues. They can prophesy. There's miracles. I mean, they got it all. In the church in Corinth, they seem to be experiencing it all. And yet, you can, you can read this. It's so clear from the letter to the Corinthians that they are struggling with issues of the body. They're struggling with sexual immorality. They're struggling with 
other sins of excess. And here's the reason why. Because they had come to believe the idea that God only cared about their soul. That Jesus had come to save their soul and that their bodies were bad. And so therefore, if your body's bad and your body's going to die and rot anyway, then what does it really matter what you do with your body? As long as you honor God in your spirit and in your mind, that's all God really cares about. That is what the Corinthians, at least some of them, had come to believe. This is the original Christian heresy, by the way. It's called Gnosticism, which is a word that means knowledge. Gnosis means knowledge. And from the very beginning of the church, there were people who taught that God just cares about your soul. And a lot of times the soul is associated with the mind. So the idea is God just cares about what you think, what you believe, your spirit. But he doesn't care about your body. And so even in the very beginning of the church, friends, there were people who said very early on in church history, they said Jesus didn't really come in a body. They said it just looked like he came in a body, but he was actually a phantom. He was a ghost. He was a spirit. And that's why if you read the letters of the New Testament, Paul goes so far out of his way to say Jesus was actually a person. Jesus actually died. And then there's a whole chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about the resurrection, about the body. God cares about these bodies that he has given us. And as I have reflected on the passage and prepared for today's message, I have been amazed at what a fitting metaphor the idea of a temple is for our bodies. I love that Paul describes our bodies as a temple. Now let's ask this question. What is a temple? And why would Paul say that our bodies are a temple? Here's what a temple is. A temple is a sacred place of worship. A temple is where this heaven and earth meet. It's where spiritual and physical meet. And God says to us today, friends, he says, your body's a temple. This is really amazing. In the context of the first century, there would have been temples everywhere. I mean, there were temples in Corinth. There were temp you pick your ancient city, there were temples all over the place. And what did people go to do at temples? They went to worship the gods that they thought were the real gods. And of course, God's people had a temple. You should go look it up sometime. It was probably the most glorious structure that existed in the ancient world before it was destroyed. The temple was where God's people met with him. It's where heaven met earth. And God says to us today, I think your bodies are so important that I want to come and live in them. I want to be a, I want to be a resident inside of you, Christian. This body that I have given you, I think so highly about it that I'm going to live inside of it, your body is a temple. Let's talk about neglecting our bodies, worshiping our bodies, and then how we can steward our bodies. First of all, let's talk about neglecting our bodies. We should, we should be honest about this in the church. 
modern American life has made it very difficult to honor our bodies today. There are so many ways that it is difficult to honor our bodies. For one, many of us, including myself, have a job that doesn't require me to move around all that much. I can sit most of the time if I want. The challenges of eating healthy are very real. Do you know there's even studies that show that it is easier, it is, it is less expensive to eat uh, food that's not good for us than it is to eat food that is good for us. It's very challenging. Many of us struggle with overeating. Some of us struggle with running to food for comfort. I'll speak about my own food temptations for just a moment. I have never met a chicken sandwich that I did not like. I've met a few that didn't like me, but I've never met one that I didn't like. I don't know if chicken sandwiches were affected by the fall. I think they, maybe they weren't. The chickens may disagree. But we all have our things that we love. We all have foods that we love to eat. And that's good. And God has said everything, 1 Timothy 4, 4 and 5. Everything is to be enjoyed if it's given to God with thanksgiving. And yet, if we're honest, we know that it can be hard to glorify God with our bodies. It can be hard to care for our temple well. And I will say this, this is a complicated issue. Some of us have diseases that make exercise and caring for our bodies challenging. Some have diseases that have nothing to do with how they have cared, how you have cared for your body. It has come from the outside and it is a burden you have to bear. This is a complicated issue. And we should be very careful in the family of God to not judge people simply by the outward appearance or what we think about someone in terms of how they are caring for their body. Because there's so much that we don't know. We don't know what a person's personal health is. But I do need to say this. God does care about our bodies. He cares about how we steward them. He cares about what we put in them. And for some of us, a good question to ask when it comes to food is not just what we eat, but why we eat. And is there something there that God wants to work in our hearts to make our stewardship of our bodies more honoring? For others, alcohol is a struggle. Some of us, perhaps, some of you, perhaps, started out with one drink a night, and now it's two or three drinks a night. And that's what you need to fall asleep at the end of the day. You know, sometimes I have seen in the Reformed world that we Reformed Presbyterians dwell in, I have seen an attitude which says, well, you know, we're not like those, we're not like the Baptists up the street. You know, they only drink Zima. But we can, we can, have, a, we can have a real drink because we're free. And that's true. Paul even says to Timothy, hey, enjoy a little wine, Timothy. But... Be careful, Christian. Paul warns us against this, that our freedom does not become enslaving to us, enslaving addictions like alcohol, that we start to say, well, because I'm free, I can drink whatever I want, as much as I want. 
Some of you may be struggling with addiction to illegal or prescription drugs. You would have to be in hibernation to not know about the opioid crisis that this nation has been in now for at least, at least a decade and that still continues to this day. God cares about our bodies, friends. And if these are, if any of these things are your struggle, God would call you. He'd say, come into the light. Come out of the darkness. Come into the light. Be honest before other Christians. Seek out a spiritual leader. Seek out a pastor. Seek out an elder. Seek out someone that you trust and live in the light. Some of you are dealing with addiction to pornography. Come into the light. You know that's not what God wants for you. You know that's an evil industry. Turn from it. There are so many ways, Christians, that we live in a culture where it is easy to neglect our bodies. But God wants us to care for them because they're temples. Let's talk about the worship of the body. You know, I can understand why some people say, you know what, I'm not really going to put a lot of attention on my Bible. I mean, on my body, not Bible. Give that a lot of attention. On, on, because we look around us and we see the standards of our culture and they're absolutely ridiculous. We look on magazines, we look on television, we look in movie, on movies, we see the most beautiful people on the planet. We see standards that normal people can never meet. And of course, the battle that we fight in our own minds is this battle of, well, maybe I need to look like that. If I could just get those washboard abs, if I could just lose that weight, then I'll feel better about myself. And all around us, our culture gives us these conflicting messages. On the one hand, our culture encourages us to neglect our bodies. But on the other hand, our culture encourages us to worship our bodies. God doesn't want us to do either one. One of my favorite uh, old movie, old Hollywood movie stars, someone I enjoy is Audrey Hepburn. Beautiful woman. Not quite Betsy level beautiful, but she's close. She's close. You know Audrey Hepburn. Roman Holiday, My Fair Lady, Had to Steal a Million Bucks, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Incredible Actress, when she was at the height, she was a global sensation known all over the world, universally considered one of the most beautiful people to ever live. So you imagine a person like that feels 100% content in their body. They say, this body is just exactly, I couldn't, I couldn't be any better. Everybody loves me. People basically worship me. I am, a, I am known all over the world. And then I come across this article from 2013. One of her sons, Luca Dotti, wrote a book about his mother, Audrey Hepburn, in the year 2013. And this is what he said about what she thought about herself. He said, she thought she had a big nose and big feet. And she was too skinny and not enough breasts. She would look in the mirror and say, I don't understand why people see me as beautiful. That's Audrey Hepburn. If that's what she thinks when she looks in the mirror, that's all you need to know about the human heart. 
The human heart is constantly saying, you don't measure up, man. You don't measure up, woman. You need to look a little bit better. You need to be a little bit skinnier. You need to look a little bit younger. You need to be a little bit stronger. Constantly saying it's not enough. And so we worship these bodies because we think if we can just get that body that we want, then we'll be content. Then we'll find what we're looking for. Friends, God doesn't want either one. He doesn't want the neglect of the body. He doesn't want the worship of the body. He wants us to steward our bodies. What is the goal? It's not neglect. It's not worship, but it's proper care. It's to fight for the contentment that God wants you to have, he wants me to have in this earthly tent that he has given us. He wants me to be content with my body. He wants me to be at peace with my body. He wants you to be at peace with your body. And he says, child, your body's a temple. I want to live inside of you. I do live inside of you when you come to believe in Jesus. Now, let's think about this idea of a temple for a moment. The idea, uh, we'll think about it as a sanctuary for a minute. That would make sense to us if Paul said, child, your body is a sanctuary. A sanctuary, this beautiful sanctuary that still takes my breath away when I walk in sometimes. A sanctuary is a place of worship. It's a place where heaven and earth meet. It's a place where we come to connect to our creator and our redeemer. Now, what if you came in here and the place was disheveled, there was papers everywhere, there were stains on the floor, marks on the wall, you would say, well, that church is not caring for a sacred place. That's not honoring to, to the God that they proclaim, to the God that they worship. They should care for this sanctuary. That would be neglect. But if you came into this place and every six months or so, we changed the colors on the wall, and we had some new statue on the stage, and we had some new uh, technological thing every single week, you'd say, they are too obsessed with what it looks like. They're worshiping the place instead of what the place is supposed to connect them to. Have you ever been to a, a cathedral? Have you ever been? I got to go to the Duomo in Milan when I was on a mission trip, one of the most incredible structures I've ever been to. If you've been to St. Pat's in New York City, you know how beautiful that is. If you've been to Notre Dame, you know how beautiful that is. I'll tell you something that I always feel when I go into those places. The first thing, I, I, I look around me and it's the most incredible, and I always think, how did they build this like a thousand years ago, right? <laughs> and then you realize, then you look up and it actually took them like 150 years to build these places. And I'm just blown away and I'm, the, art, the beauty, the architecture, the height. And then a few minutes in, I think, I wonder if any true worship of God is happening here. I wonder if real worship, I wonder if human beings are connecting to the living God in this gorgeous place. Because we don't need to worship the temple. Christian, don't worship your body. Don't neglect your body. Steward your body. Let me give you a few questions that you can ask yourself that can help you and can help all of us in this question of stewardship. First question, stewarding your body, know thyself. 
Do you lean more toward neglecting your body or worshiping your body? Which one do you lean more toward? Now, all of us, I think at different times, struggle with one or the other. We struggle when we neglect our bodies. We don't sleep enough. We drink too much. We eat too much. We binge television shows nonstop instead of picking up the word. We, we neglect our bodies, but we also worship our bodies. You know, looking at someone else who's different than you, has a different skin color than you, different facial features than you, not only that can be racism, but that can also be a way of looking at another body and saying, I feel superior to that body. That's pride. That's sin. That's wrong. God does not want us to lean toward either the neglect of our bodies or to the worship of our bodies. Which one, know yourself, Christian, which one do you, do you naturally lean more toward? Which one do you need to be on your guard against more? Number two, what generational sins does God want to end with you? You know, we know a lot these days about things like alcoholism, we know that that struggle is literally passed on genetically, that some people have a medical pre-diagnosis to alcoholism, some to substance abuse, some to diabetes, some to all kinds of struggles. And so as Christians, we're nuanced. We recognize that there is personal responsibility, but there's also outside factors that influence our lives. But Christian, don't become someone that says, because mom and dad struggle with it, I'm going to struggle with it too, and there's nothing I can do about it. Don't give in to that. Say, Lord, by your grace, by your mercies, I want this sin to end with me, with my line, the anger, the anxiety, the, the depression even, the addiction, Lord, May it end with me. May that be the cry of our hearts that generational sins will end with us and that we will not say that we are simply victims of our circumstances, but that we will work out our salvation every single day depending on the work of the Holy Spirit. Christian, don't make peace with sin. Don't make peace with sin. Third question, where are you at war with your body? What habits do you have that are not honoring to God and to your body. I know this is similar, but I wanted to use this word war because there are some ways that we are hurting ourselves. Of course, we know about people that actually hurt themselves. But Christian, friend, God wants you to have a peace. He wants you to find contentment in this body that he has given you. He wants to set you free from ways that you're hurting your body. Are you at war? Is there, is there things that that you do, that you know, you know it's not honoring to this temple. Fourth question, do you have any shame regarding your body that you need to work through? I am convinced that Satan is operating through shame constantly in the lives of people. He is constantly working on Christians and non-Christians to tell us to live in our shame, to keep our trauma hidden, and to not deal with things that need to come into the light. And God would say, child, bring it out. I love you. My love for you is not based 
on the thing that you feel shame about. My love for you is based on what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. And so we need to become people, a community, a church, where we can come out and say, look, I've got some stuff in my past. And if we're honest, the person who says that to us, we'll look back at them and say, I do too. And we can become a community where the Holy Spirit can root out these sources of shame so that we can bring God greater honor. Another question, and this one to me is a fun one. Can you feast and can you fast? Friends, we're called to do both. There is a time for feasting and there is a time for fasting. And if you can never feast, you might be worshiping your body. And if you can never fast, or you might actually, they both work for both of them. God wants us to be able to feast. He wants us to be able to enjoy the gifts of his creation. He wants us also, and this is another sermon, but Jesus says when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast, God wants us to be able to show self-control. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let me share this verse. I love this. Look, look how balanced Paul is. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Christian, that's what you're called to do. Notice the word bodies. This, this thing here, God, he says, present it to me. And then look at the balance, though, with the mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's what we're doing right now in this service, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, I, you know what I, I love in that verse? By the mercies of God. Offer your bodies. Because you and I, the things we struggle with in our bodies, we need mercy to turn from those things. We need God's grace to say, Lord, I want to become a different person, not just in what I think, not just in what I believe, but even down into my cells, into my body. Let me end with the gospel. This is the message of the gospel, that we are broken people, that we are separated from our creator, that we have gone our own way, that we have taken something that God designed to be a temple and we have made it a temple to ourselves and to our own desires and to our own wants. And the gospel is the message that Jesus Christ has come because out of love to save you and me. And God thinks so highly of us that he doesn't just give us a little card that says, when you show up at the pearly gates, turn this in, don't lose this. It's more than that. He says, not only are you going to be with me forever, but I'm going to come and live with you right now. I'm going to take up residence in that temple of yours. You and me together. Therefore, have a temple that is clean, that is honoring, that is uh, an acceptable act of worship. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, Christian. Steward your body. Do you know why I think so many uh, New Year's resolutions don't work? We all make them, I make them, and they're, they're fun to make, but so many of them, they don't work. 
I think it's because deep down we still think our bodies belong to us. And if our bodies belong to us, then we think, well, you know what? This thing I want to change about myself, it's still up to me. But if your body doesn't belong to you, but if it belongs to God, then what greater motivation do we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to Him? Christian, steward your body. Honor God with your body. Be amazed that God loves you so much that He says, you're a temple. I want to live inside of you. I want praise to arise from you. I want to meet heaven and earth right here in you. Let's glorify God with our bodies. Lord God, we thank you so much that our bodies are a temple. I pray that chains would be broken. Habits would be changed. Lives would be transformed as we seek to live this out before you. We are not our own. Help us to glorify God with our bodies. Amen.